0: <clears throat> hello, hello john how are you good how you doing doing all right man good man i'm happy to hear that
1: yeah good to hear from you it's been a while
0: yeah man It's it's been a kind of wonky year right uh that's wonky putting it lightly but yeah <laughs> i couldn't think of another word that well i mean there's several i mean i could say ludicrous but then it never ends
1: yeah, I, another word I would use for it is daze. is days. it has been a daze, you know? It's been very hazy.
0: Yeah I, I, yeah, I hear you, dude. Completely.
1: So what's been going on with you, man? How's life? How's life treating you?
0: Um, actually, believe it or not, not very good. <laughs> um, I, I think um, <laughs> all, of, all of us in COVID have uh, suffered some kind of loss or another. I don't think anyone, any one of us has been immune to it. I haven't. Um, nor Gil, for that matter. Um, Actually, no one that I know has been, you know, that okay. Um, I guess it really just depends on how you define loss and and severity of loss and whatnot. But uh, I I got some issues going on, some that that I never expected, some that I didn't expect, and others that, like, wow, okay, life sucks. What can you do, right?
1: Yeah, overcome. I mean, it's all you can do. Try to overcome it the best way you can. I mean, to – no one can, no one's in control of the cards that are being dealt, but how you play them is really the, what I would say is the only control that we have for the illusion of control that we have.
0: And see, the irony is with, with when you bring that up about the illusion of control, you find out that the second that you, you know, let go of said control, that's when your life actually becomes a lot better. Uh, people talk about, uh, yeah. th- that's kind of the, the gift associated with actually, doing will actual meditation and learning how to meditate properly, that you get to see the actual truth seeing the truth though is i don't think people realize that's only half the battle it's its kind of for example if someone were to tell you the sun's actually purple and you're like no no way and you look at it and you see it's purple do you think you automatically instantly can accept that it's purple no <laughs> the world doesn't work that <laughs> probably way. probably not no no so, so it's, it's just it's just one of those things you
1: know right uh, something I haven't said to anyone and it's, it's kind of a new development for me, but uh, my mom's been going to this church ever since we moved to California in 2008 uh, called SRF, which is, it stands for self-realization fellowship. It's an agnostic church where they do their services based off of Kriya yoga and meditation to actualize and realize the self. Um, they actually have a, an ashram or a a monastery if you will here in Escondido near San Diego and uh they take they take people in uh, that want to become monks and pursue that life and i'm actually in the application process right now myself to become a monk for the SRF uh yeah fellowship and i'm trying to get into the ashram so that way i can devote my life to kriya yoga and meditation and uh fully letting this thing that I call consciousness to fully develop and to commit my time to really thinking about things and meditating on them and trying to find this, uh, truth that we're speaking of.
0: Dude, that's awesome. Now, now you've, you have vetted it and, and found out that it's not led by Tom Cruise, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yoga Nanda was the, the guru in which self-realization was founded. He came over in the, um, he came over in the the thirties and forties to America to teach the Westerners how to meditate and uh, uh, he has a really really cool story um, actually, the way that I got into him was through George Harrison uh, at the end of George Harrison's life every time someone would come over to his house, he would give him the the book on Yogananda's life. no kidding, yeah. <laughs>
0: But it's a church of all religions.
1: When you go, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a statue for every religion on their, on their, their, their shrines. Like there, There's a shrine for every religion on every single uh, piece of property that they own. So it's a very agnostic church where you get to pick a doctrine every week to kind of find something there to lecture on from a different religion.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, and my mom my mom was going to do that when we moved out here, but she just had too many commitments. And then um, uh, a few weeks ago, I realized, like, with comedy kind of being dead and the mass exodus that it is with the cancel culture and all that stuff that's going on, I just figured that, like, I really have no incentive of going back. And also the vanity of, you know, being a influencer or, a, you know, a public uh, icon or something. Like, there's just so much that goes with it that I don't really necessarily want. My whole thing is I, I like to talk and I, I like to question things and I like to process these thought processes that come into my brain and to try to relate that to the people because I, I thought that that's the way that I could help and give back is uh, by being able to talk to people. And <clears throat> so I figured that if I can't do comedy in the way that I had intended to when I began comedy four years ago, um, this is another avenue which I can be nobody but still help somebody.
0: So really, you're you're changing from what pla- one platform to another, one that's more aligned to to your philosophy now, or or the way you're starting to view things.
1: Right. I mean, and it it comes with a lot of sacrifice. You know, I have to give up women and you know booze and weed and <laughs> meat. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so, so, so I there, never really so wanted to prere- take the plunge.
0: So there are prerequisites that you have to meet in order for you to become a monk. Yeah, absolutely. And are those, is that the entire list or is there more to that?
1: Well, I mean, you wake up at six, you work on the farm all day in the afternoon, you do your kriya yoga meditation stuff. And then, you know, it's, it's a full day. They have it all planned out for you. So it is a very disciplined life. Um, and that's kind of the thing, you know, that a lot of people don't like with comedy, like I worked for maybe a total hour and a half a day, whether it was writing or performing, where this is like you devote your whole day to the, the fellowship and to the the community. And then through advancing through the ranks of that, at one point, you get to travel and talk at the different places and the different, you know, you get to go to different places and help people. So it it is similar, uh, but it's different. Like, I don't really get to talk about whatever I want to talk about. It has to be within a doctrine of a religious philosophy. Um, so it does come with parameters for sure, but these are all parameters I'm willing to work within and it just, I think it better suits the person that I am rather than trying to become like uh the cult of personality here.
0: Well, good luck, man. If that's, <clears throat> if that's the path that you feel is going to work best for you, then I fully support you. And, you know, obviously, um, you know, once you start going to the levels, um, I hope it brings you that level of peace and that level of understanding and that level of, of continued questioning, um, that should never stop.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's why when you, I saw that post you posted on Facebook, it really caught my eye. Cause I was like, Oh man, after my own heart.
0: <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny because I, um, what prompted me to write that was so it, it was a combination of things, but do you remember that <laughs> conversation we had with our, with our buddy Cody at the bar? Um, yeah i, I remember it, i'll never forget yeah and, and we were kind of offended i mean i didn't say as much as you did but we were kind of offended about how the assumptions that he made and, and i wasn't as and, so
1: much as offended as i was frustrated that he is a knowledgeable intelligent and or he's capable of intelligent thoughts yet he just wasn't grasping what two people who are from that side of the fence was trying to say to someone from the other side and he was just denying it and saying, no, it's not like that. It's like this, but it's like, dude, that's not for you to say,
0: I'm sorry. (laughs) Right. And so what prompted me to write this is that I'm, I'm one of those people that are, that is kind of in the middle in that on paper, when you look at me, I look like a typical American insofar so far as what the American dream was supposed to be, AKA went to school white picket fence all that jazz right Mm -hmm. on the other side however i have this culture of where i grew up in the ghetto grew up poor and with people who like an education and here's what i here's what i've learned and i can give you so many examples i mean but i'll I'll give you one that kind of i think has been kind of uh, biting at people netflix has a show right now it's called um what is it? Uh, it you, has the to, immigration one? Yeah, Immigration Nation. Yeah, I watched it. I watched okay. it. So there's an episode where one of the immigration officers was deporting people. And he was basically saying, if you guys did this the right way, you wouldn't be getting deported. Now, that's actually what created or started creating that, that message. Because <clears throat> going about it the right way, depending on the country... But especially for Mexico, it's a very complicated process, very complicated process. So that's what I like to call a white solution, America's solution, the the, the, the country who in, in essence created modern day society. And it did. I mean, there's a lot of people who argue that they didn't. But it, there's a reason why 80 percent of the free world speaks English. Um, there, there's a reason for that. But um, yep. It's a, it's an institution that unless you fit a certain paradigm, again, white, it doesn't work for you. So then as a minority, you're forced to find a solution to a problem that most people would then condemn you for utilizing. But that's just one example. Let's look at our legal system. You get arrested. Typical white person or someone that's perceived as a white person like myself can typically afford to gain some kind of. Uh, attorney, some type of afford some kind kind of defense and, and and be able to do get some some level of justice. However, in America, we have something called affluenza, and in fact, there's a very uh, famous case out of Texas where this kid, this white, this white kid, actually ran over multiple people, killed multiple people, and he served no jail time, stating that because of his money, because of how rich he is, and his and the fact that he's white. He had to serve no jail time. However, if a minority was in the same issue, that person would have been either deported, thrown in jail for life, or or, or killed in jail eventually. And this is across the board. This is across the board, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter. If you're talking about education. If you're talking about jobs, you're just talking about basic human rights. Um, all these solutions that exist <clears throat> for the average Joe. <clears throat> which when you think about it, the minorities are now the majority. People seem to forget this, but, you know, um, it doesn't work. It it doesn't work. And so I kind of see, and in fact, as more recently, I've been kind of realizing the rat race is impossible to win unless you meet certain criteria. So you either continue to race it, race along with it, like you and I have been doing for, for the bulk of our lives, or like you've decided to do, you disconnect yourself from it and let it solve itself. And right. when you think about it, it's it's ironic because we live in a country that, pre- that pretty much says, hey, you can do whatever you want. Yet at the same time, and, and let's be honest here, the majority of the people that you t- that you're gonna you're going to tell about what you intend to do, they're gonna think that you're crazy, that you're joining a cult. But is it yeah. more crazy? Is, but is it more crazy to separate yourself from the thing that causes depression, anxiety, suicide, murder rates, etc., or is it more insane to say in, in a system that makes you believe that you're a part of it, that you have a fair chance of winning, when in actuality you're more deluded than the fucking crazy guy that actually did join the cult? That's the irony. and it's a sad now again i'm not saying that that's what you did but that's the reality when you really step back for a second when you step back from your own ego and you realize you know what wow i I, i'm wrong in fact it wasn't too long ago that i was just debating with my with my professor um the one that i had in my master's program and and i told her you know growing up We're all taught that America is the greatest country on earth, that we have liberty, we have freedom, we have all this. But when you think about it, when you really step back, the things that we're good at, we should be ashamed of. The highest prison rate on the planet, greater than Russia, I mean, greater than China, um, the biggest military on the planet, I mean, (coughs) those are things we should be proud of. Like, as a nation, we should say we're proud of that. We have the number one education, but we don't. We have the best healthcare on the planet. We don't. We have the most educated people. We don't. We have the least amount of corruption. We don't. We, we take pride in, in the dumbest of things. The dumbest of things. Um, this is why, like, the social media influencers, all that is intended to dumb you down. All of that is intended to put you in, in, a, in a conceptual mental trap of making you believe you can be something when it's when it's all against you. And I know that it kind of seems that I'm going off track from my original quote of white solutions, don't work on minority problems. But that is a problem. Social media and this zombified state that it puts most people, a lot of people in. I mean, did you know that? Like social media, like Facebook, for example, actually increases your your depression. Did you know that?
1: Well, yeah, because the dopamine hits and the lack thereof. So, you know, uh, if you're getting a bunch of likes, I mean, you're going to feel on top of the world because it's hitting that dopamine receptor in a way that we've never been stimulated mentally before ever in the history of our species. Now, if you take that away from someone, yeah, suicide. Um, I mean, how many people have killed themselves from being berated online by a mass group of people that they didn't even know? which is absurd to think about, you know, like it's, it's absolutely. And yeah, I've been making this, this statement lately that, you know, I'm a pretty vulnerable person and I think that vulnerability is a strength, but social media makes you sensitive, not vulnerable.
0: Yes. Did you see my other post about how it's funny? We all have a social media and we share like tidbits of our life, but how many people really go as deep as I tend to? I just realized it's like, what's the point of having like you'll share memes, you'll share images, you'll share political stuff, but you don't say anything about yourself. Like it's interesting. It's it's social. It's it's meant for you to know people and and get to know people. Yet it's also (laughs) it is increasingly more private. How the hell does that work?
1: Well yeah, I mean it's funny when uh, uh like, you know, people go to social media or to Apple uh being like, hey, like there's this criminal case, we need this information and the social media company or Apple can be like kick rocks, you know what I mean? But it wouldn't happen the other way around. And that's right? that's where like privatized intelligence cuz like now, especially nowadays, every time we log on to Facebook, we're inputting our information into forms. So, I mean, if you look at it from a certain angle, you can see social media or Facebook uh, being the largest intelligence gathering company in the world. And they sell our data to whoever. And we have no control over our own information anymore, our own personal information. And also you see with electioneering. Right. Um, They're single handedly involved in participating in elections and they can either, you know, suppress certain information. So that shouldn't be allowed from a privatized company as American citizens, we should be entitled to getting all the information that everyone else is getting as well. Uh, but we live in these bubbles, these little pods, and it's not, I'm very dissatisfied with the beta test that it's been.
0: You, you, you know, the, my problem, my friend, <laughs> is that we can't call this a beta test anymore. We, we actually lost <laughs> calling this a beta test. Think about how long society has existed. Now it's funny because I was actually arguing with another person about this Your society has been around for a long time yes but let, let's not kid ourselves what we're not an agrarian society anymore we're we're a we're a post or current capitalist oligarchy nation but here's my problem and, and this and this is what I I, I I go back to the biggest mistake humanity ever made was believing in gods that's the biggest mistake we ever made because, I, and, I, and I honestly feel this way, take a look at the nicest promise that the Bible ever made. Okay, Think about the like, live in peace, live forever, all that jazz, right? If humans at the very inception of life, at, at our very first thought said to themselves, you know what? Dude, we're alone in this world. We're the only ones who can communicate. We're the only ones who can do this, that, and the other you know what, we need to work together to accomplish stuff. I don't care what color you are, what co- what size you are, what this you are, we can achieve great things. And if we started off with that mentality about helping each other, growing together, not acting like the animals, using that evolved part of our brain, not only would we have biologically, okay, and I mean this, not only have would we have been biologically evolved now, we wouldn't be the people that we are now, but all those promises made, Humans have the power to create a utopia on earth. We've we've always had that power. We don't have to believe in gods. We don't have to believe in external forces. We are gods ourselves. Yet, rather than trying to to use that power for the world, we use it for ourselves. Which, again, one of the things that people don't appreciate about what you're doing is that in choosing the route that you're choosing, and from a certain perspective, you're becoming a a self-god. Because you're removing yourself from an environment that you have no control over and putting yourself in an environment where the control that's placed over you, you've chosen it. Being fully aware of what right. comes with, with no strings attached, other than the ones you make for yourself. That seems like a God mentality when you think about it. I get to pull the strings that I want to? well that's you just touched on there is like it's no one wants to
1: take responsibility for building a utopia that's why i think it's really funny how uh people want to dismantle the system right now and i keep making the the point of all right you want to tear something down it's super easy to destroy something but do you really want to put in the work to rebuild something better are you going to take that time and you're going to take that struggle and the effort and what it is? Cause I mean, we're a 300 year old society. It's taken 300 years to get us to where we are. And you want to go back to zero and start again. Like, do you, you, you can barely get off the couch to go do the things that you need to do for your own life. But you want to talk about building an entire society for 300 million people or a global one.
0: You know, but the, but you know what the sad part is, I, you know, I'm, I'm actually not going world-based right now. Well, if we go if we go just based on the USA, right? We have no excuse. But you know that the US The US has become the
1: empire we once fought to defeat. I mean, we have more military bases all over the world than and, and you have no military bases from any other country on our continent. So what does that say? I mean we've become an empire. Uh, yeah. It's it's inevitable.
0: Yeah, I mean we we have we have self ordained ourselves as the global police. A global police that no one asked for. And and you have to oh, come on sorry my dog's broken hey come on let's get outside. go ahead and and you have to be honest about what the reasons are everybody likes to say well it's to protect american interest. is it really though when when you when you go that that level of overkill is not to protect american interest no 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 it's to control for the sake of american yeah. interest it's kind of like it's kind of like if I came up to you with a with a with a rifle and I said we need to talk. Nah, dude, if you came with a rifle, there ain't no talking. It's just you demanding. And really think about that. Really think about that. It's people like to say you have a choice. No, I don't. I don't. But again, people don't think that deeply because they yeah, are like stealing from you're stealing from. You're stealing from Peter to pay Paul, but it's the same yep. gate. Yep. <laughs> yep. And again, because we're so encapsulated and so self-concerned, we don't see these bigger issues. We don't. I mean, think about it. How many times have you, have you heard any of our buddies say, dude, you know what? I wonder if Nigeria finally has enough wells for, for clean wet, running water. I wonder if they finally found <laughs> Joseph Kony. Wait, who is Joseph Kony? I wonder if, if uh, the Ugandans are still being killed. I wonder if the um, uh, what is it the uh, Yemenites are are doing okay or sorry not the minute not the, the it's uh the Yemenites like there's all these people that we forget about around the around the world that <laughs> do we ever stop and say like <clears throat> them nah we're more concerned with what am I going to do in an hour from now yeah but, but that's intentional I mean, does does Flint Michigan have clean water does it, did everyone forget about that like <laughs> right right. <laughs> What about that pipeline that that just bursted recently? I mean, it's, it's, but again, it's intentional because we're all purposely encapsulated so that we don't become bigger thinkers so that we don't become a threat to the system, a system that was purposely created to, to make us, make us all indentured servants. And so when you keep on repeating the same thing, what is it called? Lunacy. Insanity. Yeah. And the sad, (laughs) and the sad part is I think more of us are aware of it than we're willing to admit, but they won. Because they created the fut- the futility in the mind of not being able or feeling you can't escape. Again, this is why it's if anyone starts to critique you, my friend, for what the the route that you decided to take, all you have to do is bring up this this podcast and say, think about think about what John said or think about what I said. You're calling me insane, but at least I'm removing myself from a system that I really can't control. Yet you're willingly, you're willingly participating in something you believe you're going to be able to be different in when the odds are against you. Are you serious? It's that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I
1: go going back to the immigration thing that you were saying earlier, like uh uh my I'm a green card holder and my green card went through the washing machine and now it's all fucked up. So I'm not carrying it around. If I get stopped by the police and they ask me for my green card, I could spend six months in jail just for not having the card in my pocket. Now that's now, is absurd.
0: That, that's is- Is that is that considered right now your your legal form of ID?
1: No, I have a a California state ID, but once they look it up, they can see that I'm, you know, a second class citizen. So they go, oh, do you have your proof of papers? You know, do you have your do you have your green card on you? Do you have any form of like, you know, immigrant, like letting us know that you're still legally here? Um, And if I can't present that, they can detain me up to six months just for not being able to prove that I'm able to live in this country with my green card in my pocket. Yet, even though my status is fine, like I have yeah, it, my green card until twenty twenty two.
0: You know, it's interesting. California uh, is a. I'm sure you know California is a sanctuary state. So, right, uh, unless, unless you're committing a crime, cops aren't really going to get involved to, to do anything to you. Um, but it's interesting that even <coughs> now, with, with you being legal, that you still have to possess uh, proof of it. And it's interesting that the, the cops really have no legal right to ask you for your ID unless there is perception that you're committing some kind of crime. They can't just arbitrarily come up to you and say, let me see your ID. They, they can't. Um, they like to make it seem like they can, but they can't. Um, you do still have a reasonable right to privacy. Um, I, I mean, it, but it again, you also bring up another point of like, why it's a good thing that you're disconnecting yourself from the system because even myself being born here, uh, and, and really not having to deal with any immigration issues on, on a personal level, I still get treated like a second class citizen sometimes. I mean, granted mm-hmm. I'm also the first one to admit, I've also been able to take advantage of, of the white privilege that, you know, Cody doesn't believe exists, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, I, I mean, it, it's, um, but I mean, I've, I've been on both sides of the fence, and, and I gotta be honest with you: um, people can say whatever the hell you want, they want. But right privilege is a great thing; it really is. Uh, when you walk into a, a, an interview and know that the job is yours just because of the color of your skin and because of your last name, at that point, mm. it's true, dude. It, it's it's I'm walking proof that what that what Cody saying works um, when used right. correctly. Uh, but it's, it's sad that, you know, we, we have friends that because of their circumstances, they're, they're in complete denial. But it's not, it's not really their fault. Um, it's only their fault that they choose not to learn more about it. That, that As far as that's concerned, ignorance, ignorance is, is not blameless. Ignorance is choice. Well,
1: once, once you become an adult, it's your own personal responsibility, you know, to, to, to take back your, your conditioning and to condition yourself into a better way.
0: And, and I think, and I think that's one thing that as, as, that people really should be taught. Yes, when you're a child, you are a little jar that becomes a bigger jar as your parents, your peers, um, your family, whomever, as they put their, their parts of being into you. But Which is something you don't were- have control over. Like You don't get
1: have control over who you're born into or who your parents right. are or what they believe in. But at cer- right. a certain point, you don't have to commit yourself to those ideologies anymore.
0: You're an adult. You're your own person. Right. So then at that point, it, it's your job to choose to either stay part of the system that, that made you or choose a different path. And, you know, I got to tell you, dude, the, the, one of the biggest issues that I have that I wish I could get away from – is growing up, my dad would always tell me, "Ah, uh, dude, you're, you're, only, you're only a man if you can buy a house, right?" Now I have two condos, not a house, but two condos. Mm. I think most people say, "Like, dude, you know, you're doing pretty good for yourself. You know, you're you're still a young guy. You got two condos. Yes, but at the end of the day, I don't have a house. But my dad put this shit in my head that I'm not a man because of it. Um, and mm. it drives me nuts that because you know we get ta- you know we get taught we get cert- raised a certain way there's some things that are hard to get away from but my point is that when you're when you can become aware of it like i am i could say you know what he's fuck he's full of shit i should be proud of myself cuz i got these two spots that most people don't fuck him i don't know why Absolutely. most of us, why why we what's so hard about why can't we step back through through, through some introspection say that's bullshit i'm not going to listen to it I, mean, well, I think it's, it's so personal responsibility.
1: It's personal responsibility. <laughs> I don't think they want to take personal responsibility for the
0: fact that they have to do the work. <clears throat> See what happens for not smoking you know I mean? Your lungs aren't ready anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm also hitting resin because I'm poor, so <laughs> it's pretty harsh.
0: Yeah, I... I, I. Yeah, dude, I actually rem- I, I remember those days, man. Um, it, me and my cousin in, in in his little garage room watching Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and, and- <laughs> it, it, it's the best, man. man. We
1: used to we used to scrape it and then put it in the freezer so it would harden like hash.
0: <laughs> dude, I didn't know you could do that. I just learned something today. Yeah, dude, that's the way. <laughs> No, we always used to, like, just heat up the pipe and just smoke it straight from there. It's funny because he, he didn't tell me until way later in life. Like, dude, that's actually, like, really bad for your lungs. I was like, well, I mean, we, we were poor, bro. We were buying nickel sacks. <laughs> like, nickel and sacks. And it's only, poor. like, 5% THC. It takes <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, I didn't even know that, like, you can actually build a tolerance. And once you build that tolerance, unless you get, what is it? Not, is it wax? Um, it, It's pretty yeah. hard to die, concentrate. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, my um, my cousin gave me wax once, dude, and I just took one hit. Oh, good God. Like, I was choking. I thought I was going to die, dude. Like, he started laughing at me. Like, you would think he would try to help me. Like, dude, I'm dying here, you know? And like, nah, you're on your own.
1: Dude, I actually, uh, I'm working at a smoke shop right now, and uh, we just got in this stuff called CBG. It's a mix of CBD and um, this like it's it's non it's non THC activated uh what's it called Uh keef right so it's like this really keefy CBD nugs and it's smokable like actual it looks like actual like you know nug um, but you only get a body high from it you get no actual psychoactive chemicals reacting in the brain so you don't actually feel like the mental high of it your body just relaxes the fuck out it's such a trip it's called CBG and i've actually i've been trying to smoke that simply because I need to I need to get used to not smoking weed to go into the the life that I'm going. So I'm trying to smoke something that looks like weed <laughs> for like the placebo effect, even though I know there's no THC whatsoever in it. So I can like,
0: you know, kind of wean off the habit. <laughs> you know, you it's know, so it, funny, man. You know it's funny, like um and the times where I've really been poor and I and I couldn't smoke, it, it I, I learned that it at least for me it was more like the like the oral fixation of just having something to suck on. And it kind of sounds gay when you think about it. Yeah. It's true. No, it's true. But oral fixation is a real thing. Yeah, it is. But you know what though it's like right now the the state of the world it makes it hard to like put your energy into something else. Okay, so for instance for for a, for a while there our gym was open after covid I was like yes. But it was only open for like 2 months before like oh we got to shut down again and, and like now it's like Dude, I don't even want to go to the gym anymore. Um, yeah, like like weed. Unfortunately, is one of the few bad habits <laughs> that I can continue to do with very little like intervention, unless I'm poor. Which, you know, to be perfectly honest, like you know, you know, I lost my job mid COVID. I've been applying to other places, and I and I got some, you know, I got some prospects. Nothing solid, but you know, it's one of those things where like pretty soon. I'm gonna go back to smoking the resin, and I'll be honest, man. I, I miss those days. <laughs> Remembering. Now Remembering. you can do the free- freezer trick, man. I'm glad I caught you in a good time. Yeah, I'm <laughs> <laughs> just trying kind to of, like, huh? Wait, wait, wait. Freeze let's
1: But yeah, it's and now that we have so much time on our hands, right? Like, I mean, considerably with less things to do, like to go out or to spend your time, I don't know, maybe if you like to shop or, you know, you spend your time at the gym. Now you're at home or you're at work. Or if you're not working, you're just at home. So like, how do you fill that void of like 18 hours a day of consciousness without, you know, getting bored at some point and just having to, do something else. And you know, it's super easy when you get into a habit because then every 20, 30 minutes, you got
0: something to do. (laughs) So so dude, check this out. And, and Gail can attest to this. So on a a given day, I am playing on my computer, listening to music. and, And when I say playing, I'm, I'm, you know, writing out emails, applying for job, doing all kinds of stuff, listening to music and watching TV. I'm doing all three at once. And, <laughs> there's, there's even times when I'm doing those three things and having a conversation with Gail or someone else, and <laughs> what what I've had to explain to Gail, is even doing all that, there's just not enough. Okay, so for example, I'm a huge fan of Reddit. I I read every single article on there, and maybe mm, let's say two or three hours. Now, wow, dude, that you're kind of slow if it's taking you two three hours to read all that. Okay. Except that, if you think about it, I'm reading entire articles, so I'm reading from different, and then all the threads. I'm assuming, yeah. So I'm probably reading, <laughs> like, in essence, two or three books in that time frame. And so, but so it's funny. So by the time Gail gets home, hey, did you hear about this? I read it this morning. Hey, about I read about that five minutes ago. What about? Uh, yeah, I, I read about that too. And I read, like, for example, <laughs> she. Hey, did you hear about about Kamala Harris, yeah, I actually was reading about that this morning. I can tell you my opinion on it, what my issues are. Like, what <laughs> I want to do this. Um,
1: oh, don't even get started on that
0: one. It, yeah. It, it's, just, <laughs> it, it's, 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 I, I, I find myself like, this is going to sound weird, but the more time I have, the less I want to do. Why? Because, for instance, um, I love to write, as I'm sure you can tell. And, And I have so many book ideas in my head, but right now I'm Mm. so, I'm so afraid of starting to write again that only in so far as like here, I'm going to start writing. And all of a sudden, Hey, you got a new job. And, and the problem is dude. Okay. This is going to sound weird. Because I write for a job. I hate to write for fun now. Yeah. But now that I'm not, (laughs) I'm afraid, I'm afraid of writing because of going back to work.
1: (laughs) Because
0: I, I will be on I mean, I, it's usually short spans of time, and it's you know, it's the bane of my career being an instructional designer. We go through a lot of contracts, um, so it's just, it's just you know, the nature of the beast. But God, man, like when you get to a point where like it, it's almost like, uh, how's how's that go? Like I, I I love you too much to be with you, but I love you too much to be without mm. you. I, I I read too exactly. much exactly to not know what's going on, but I read too much to also understand. There's way more for me to learn fuck <laughs> uh,
1: i know again, and it
0: it's a rat race man
1: yeah and that's and that's where it came down to this whole thing too is just like you know when comedy just ended overnight i spent 4 years Every day of my life, waking up, revising and editing jokes, then going about my day. But as I'm driving, I'm thinking about those jokes. I'm thinking about the words I want to use, other ideas for jokes. And then as soon as I get to my destination, I jot those ideas down. And then it's like, then, you know, I work in a comedy, two different comedy clubs. So then I'm watching people do comedy and hearing their jokes and their ideas. And it's giving me some kind of ideas. And then after that, I get to go out and do comedy and work on those jokes. And then I get home at two in the morning. And then I'm up until four writing and revising and re-editing. And then when that ended and I'm like, well, I have no reason to do that. What the hell am I going to do with that four years of training? <laughs> you know, and it's just like then I, I started uh, doing nothing. And I was like, I'll just take a break. And then I went kind of crazy. And then I was like, I got to start doing podcasting or something again. I got to, I got to be, you know, and now I wake up, I create the logo art for the episode for the day. I write the description, uh, you know, and I have to find a new way, but I just, it's, that's why I ultimately came down. Like, what am I really going to do with my life? And I was like, all right, I'll just become a disciple to an agnostic religious group who are out there trying to help the world through meditation and yoga. And I was like, fuck it. That's what I'm going to do. And uh, that's a way that I can take this training that I've had for the last four years and apply it to something that's similar and update that system and then just keep moving and keep doing that because it's what I love to do. Um, and then, but it's like at the same time, you know, uh, there was a long period of like, well, I should just be writing jokes because comedy might be coming back sooner than I think, or maybe I'm being just pessimistic about it. But it ha- it's this love hate relationship with that kind of, wired brain and how our brains work in that way um, and having to adapt (laughs) to something like this, which we've never had to go through.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Um, I want to make sure that I I say this before anything else. Like, I I hope you recognize that what you're doing is very courageous because most people I appreciate it. Most people don't have it in them to say, let me step back, reevaluate my life. Okay, reevaluated. Now I got to do a complete 180 because I have to go in another direction. That's scary, dude.
1: But it's on the same spectrum. It's but at least it's on the same spectrum, right? So it's just the opposite end of the, what I was doing before, which is uh, yeah. is kind of nice. I, I, I mean, you're I'm, plugging I'm just, yourself into a community. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, it definitely takes a lot of self reflection. Um, and that's what I think comedy was for me, too. It was just a lot of self-reflection. This is just a different type. But, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I those, that word never comes up. The word courageous never comes up when I think about it. Uh, I just – I never to, – to quote David Choi, um, who's an awesome artist, he said, I never had a plan B, you know? I just – I never came into this with another option. And so for me, I don't see it as courageous or any of these things that people might want to label it. I just don't see it any other way. And that's what I'm going to do. But I appreciate the sentiment that you're expressing. Like, I really do. Uh, you're someone I respect. So that means a lot.
0: <clears throat> yeah, dude, it's like you said earlier. Um, for whatever reason, we have this fear of being able to go up to our friends and, and say, hey, dude, just I just want you to know I love you. For no other reason than I love you because you're my friend. Oh, I love a, you a ton, dude. I love all of them. Yeah. But society, at least in, in the toxicity of manhood, like dude, you don't share your feelings, man. You don't you don't say that shit, whatever. Um and and this is why I wanted you to know that if no one recognized what you're doing, or they've <laughs> judged you, or they whatever, I, I want you to know, hey, there's a dude here who's not judging you, who who regardless if, if I have a negative thought about it or not, that as your friend, my job is to support you and and nothing <laughs> other than if I had an issue with it, again, as your friend, my job is to tell you. But after I tell you, yeah. then my job is to fuck off and support you. And if I can't, then I'm not your friend. Right. Um, but it's the same thing. I, it's it's also connected to what I just said, where like, as your friend, I should also be telling you, hey, by the way, dude, and no one's told you today, just know that I love you. Um, or, or, or our other friends for that matter. Um it's just again, like you said, it it's it really just is this this <laughs> this mental this mental bubble that we're all been conditioned to be stuck in, that we've all been conditioned that has these spoken and unspoken rules, and you were brave enough to not only recognize it but say fuck that I'm walking away from it. Um I know that you don't see the label, but I, I hope that at some point you do because I'm sure that as you continue to learn and grow, there are going to be people who are going to mock you, um, are going to make comments, are going to do whatever. And the only thing you're going to have is that courage to see you through. And bear in mind, courage isn't the the, the absence of fear. It's it's the acting when there is fear, especially deep fear. So this is why I want you to to, to really recognize that what you're doing, uh, even though you may not recognize it, is, is a very brave thing because, trust me, most people put in your position, they, they will instantly nope out. And it's not because of what you're doing um, is, is really that far-fetched. It's because of asking them to sacrifice. Because as people, we're not predicated for sacrifice. We're just not built that way. Most of us aren't anyways. Um, it takes a really <clears throat> deep-feeling person who has felt the, the pain of humanity of existence to recognize the only true way to peace is through sacrifice and this and, and through people, the self and yes sacrifice of self sacrifice of ego sacrifice of id and and and, and acceptance of the whole other colors other beliefs other systems it's that's the, that's the secret that's the key that we're all part of all and nothing the yi, little the little yin and yang that's literally what it is
1: yep but again yeah and i'm i'm headed I'm headed to a point where at, like, once I pass my uh, my meditation and my Kriya Yoga doctrines and there's a certain test that you take, once you pass that test, not only do you get to lecture and you get to travel and speak to so many people, not only all over the world, but in this country who might need to hear what you have to say, uh, but they strip you of your name and your whole, you know, I'm going to wear an orange robe and, uh, I have to have, you know, my hair cut down and, uh, I won't even be called Roth anymore. And I will never go by that name. People will know me by an Ananda name. So it will be a certain characteristic of my personality, which they identified me with within the, the, the monk community. And then they, they just throw an Ananda on there. So like the guy who I've been talking to, who's kind of like my, uh, He's like my mentor right now who's helping me out through the process, that which my mom has known. His name is Satyananda. And he was the one that reached out to me through my mom um, uh, when I was trying to ask questions to her about, like, how do I do this? Uh, he was the one that reached out because he goes, you know, in the, <laughs> back in the day, man, I, I, I was an artist. I had my own art studio. Like, I made a living from art. And I had this whole lifestyle, you know, and I gave that all up to become this. And now I've been a monk. For about 30 years and i've gotten to talk to so many people so i kind of understand where you're coming from and i'd like to help you through this process and they called him santi because the sati is like the rebel the rebellious one so he was going through his monk school they understood that he was sort of a rebel but that that was okay so they called him Satya ananda which is re- rebel of love <laughs> or awakening right and um so that was kind of a thing that taught me like yeah like i i don't i could never see myself in that position but he was a person who was in my position a long time ago and uh if he could do it then i i think i could be able to do it as well and i'm willing to give up my name and my material possessions to be able to be put in a position where i literally pay my existence through thinking about things and being able to communicate with people on a large scale which is kind of what i was doing with comedy and to do some good which is what i wanted to do through comedy at one point anyway um but the sacrifice is is that i i i maintain this nobodiness, and and that's where the the giving up of the ego or like the ego death sense of maybe even a psychedelic compound that you might get that for 12 hours of like understanding broader spectrums of things and trying to identify with those and be empathetic to those um where the me is not so much important uh, yeah, maybe <clears throat> that's the best thing that we could all do for ourselves at some point, you know, and maybe not to this degree, but I, uh, find myself in a position now where I'm in the perfect, I'm 27, about to be 27. Uh, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't have like a, uh, any property. Uh, I barely just have anything. Like I have a clothes, uh, I have a, a bag of clothes, a laptop, a guitar and some books. Like that's all I own to my name. So like, I'm probably in the best position to make a transition into this lifestyle. So it all just kind of lined up, but yeah, I I see what you're saying. And, um, it is a 180 for sure, but I don't know, man, nothing else makes sense right now. So I think that that's the best good that I could do here, uh, outside of myself. Um, like that's the best, that's the best that I could do with this experience or with, uh, the, the gift that is uh having a sense of being uh on this planet at this time i guess that's the best thing that i could do with that experience not only for myself but maybe for the whole because if you know we're all just apertures of the same thing looking in then that's what it's calling me towards but yeah as writers um it's, it's hard to have a certain brain and then also be a member of society. So I, I can also empathize from where you're at. And it must be difficult, uh, like allocating that talent to something else. Yeah, I do. like driving uh, my friends crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, like, one of the things that like now that I'm getting older, <clears throat> I was like, you know what my new dream is? I want to be. And, and it's funny because it's actually from a certain perspective, not not much different from what you're doing like i want to be able to get like an hacienda like with a couple of 100 acres of of farmland and just like be surrounded by like by like my kids and not have to worry about like society's bullshit but like still like it's like i'm connected in terms of like modern technology but that's about it like we live off the <laughs> land we uh, you know we we rode around in horses we we milk the cows all that all that great stuff but you know <laughs> <laughs> we, we're still not impoverished you know like we'll have like a like a, a lake with like catch and release fish and and like a, it's like it's it's basically like a it's like if I became a lottery winner and decided to become like a, a, a like a barely hillbilly in reverse <laughs> like rather than going back going <laughs> yeah to, I'm gonna go back to like like where they came from and just create this big this big plantation on on like the river where like no one can mess with me the way it should be done
1: um, that definitely has shifted. I mean, back in the day, people wished to be rich and famous, but now it seems to be everyone's just trying to escape the rat race, and everyone dreams of a plot of land in Oregon or something where all of them and their friends can hang out and just experience nature. It's so backwards, well, do, then, uh, I guess. It,
0: it, it's funny you bring that up. So every time I've had a, a daydream, because I constantly daydream about becoming rich or something, the, the biggest part of that daydream is, like, I'm in this backyard in this, like – we have this, uh, like one of those brick, like one of those brick um ovens and stuff, like the freaking uh, how they have the grills and everything, like like the rich cooking shows you see on TV, and having all you yeah, guys, yeah, the old pre- like, yeah, and pretty much having, a- yeah, yeah, and having all you guys pretty much come over every single night where we're eating steak and lobster and and all this wine and, and drinking all this wine and and like kicking it by the pool and doing whatever, but we're not. What we're doing though is we're not talking shit on each other. We're not making fun of this guy or that guy. We're like, just like just talking about life and not worried about shit to where like, um, you might be like, Hey dude, like, can I, can I, can I borrow a hundred bucks? Dude, here's a thousand. Go take care of whatever. <laughs> uh, and not, and not because like, I feel bad for you, but like, I'm the type of person that I realized, dude, it's, it's, <laughs> it might sound like kiddish, but it is better to share. It, you have more fun when you share that. That's just how I feel, man. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I had
1: a, I had, a buddy, I had a buddy who once said that I'd rather be at a party with a six pack of beer and be able to share five of those with someone than be the only guy with beer at the party, drinking a whole six pack to himself in a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I subscribe to that too. Like, I mean, you yeah. know, I'm willing to break bread, man. Like I, I can't possibly have fun if I know you're not having fun too. And I think that that's a weird thing that in society we get, we've gotten so selfish and we can't seem to see that, but like, I'm, i mean i'm my my grand or my uncle in brazil he has a ranch out there and his side of the family is very very italian so we t- man we get the cheese from the cows that he has there and we take like a whole week there on the ranch to be able to have one night of like homemade authentic rustic italian pizza from a stone fire grill that's right there on the patio where we sit out and look at the stars like. I miss those nights of just campfires and making fart jokes until four in the morning. And, you know, but still having a sense of duty and stewardship to the earth and to your fellow man and all the things that one could take from the Bible or the religious texts that have maybe become so fundamental that we've lost scrap that these are archetypes and mythologies that were helped to perpetuate goodness in the world by storytelling, a communicative art and an oral tradition. But that being said i mean that's the agnostic in me speaking uh i think that that's what we're all striving to get back to in a way because we've become so lost with this uh fifth generation industrial revolution of technology you know that's why we're going into like the whole 5g network it's fifth generational technology like that's where we're at and the first technology that was ever invented had to be linguistics the able the ability to communicate with one another was a technology because think of the printing press it changed the world i mean news you got news from all over the world Then it, it connected us in a way that you know uh, the internet connected us now but uh, in such a hyper fast way so i think when i was i was talking to cody herring not too long ago we were kind of discussing some of the stuff that's going on with the blm movement and our society's uh, division as it currently stands. Um, and he goes, look, I just want to, you know, like I don't understand what understand why I can't just be at the campfire with you and whoever, and we could all just be, you know, having a good time and talking like exactly the sentiment that you just said, but with all the inclusion, I think that nowadays would be with the type of progressive society we've become, like if we all reverted back to a more tribalistic state in the sense of what you're speaking on, it might do a lot of good in healing the traumas of the rat race. And that's kind of what I see a lot of people doing. Oh, I'm going to go to Texas. I'm going to go to Oregon. I'm, I'm moving to Washington. I'm, you know, they're trying to, they're trying to get out of Dodge, man. They're trying to go back to the, the real essence of what we started as. And those people existed, the native Americans. I mean, they were able to live off the land. They were the closest to a utopian society and then culture came over and was like, nope, you're doing it wrong, and then took over. And maybe the first-generation Native Americans didn't, but they had kids, and they would see these guys and the big horses and the shiny things, and then maybe they wanted to become like those guys. So by the time you had third, fourth-generation Native Americans, they were doing the same thing as the cultural you know, dominators that came over, so to speak. So it, it phased into something else, but <clears throat> now we're seeing a revert to consciousness back to the old, and it's really interesting seeing it play out uh, when we're forced into a position to be self reflective, like during COVID, like being home so much, having so much time. You have a lot more time to think about yourself and your life. And it's been a reset button for a lot of people. Uh, and I think that that's why we're all getting to that same understanding. Or a lot of us that I've, or a lot of people that I've been talking to are like, I just want to go back to a simpler time and just live off the land and be happy and look out into the stars and think about aliens and shit.
0: <laughs> one can dream, man. <clears throat> one can dream. But, uh, <clears throat> well, my friend, I need to excuse myself. Um, we're almost at of the course. one arm And, uh, yeah, I got perfect timing. Yeah. And I got some things I gotta do, but you know, I'm always more than happy to do these things with you. We'd probably talk forever. Love it um yeah. and and unfortunately you know because we're still part of the rat race it doesn't allow us to be able to commune like that it, I, ironic right yep yep <laughs> but, but um it's it's good that when you start a conversation a certain way and then end it a certain way and then realize huh how ironic <laughs> <The
1: thing we're laughs> it's always fun with, and
0: great is, 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 is with, yeah yeah man it's always great man i appreciate it you know i love it i love talking to you and i miss and you I love it
1: Send yeah send my love to gail too and and the kiddo and the and the dog uh and i'll talk to you really soon for sure
0: yeah, yeah brother let me know keep me in the loop all right have a good day you too bye